Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Shane Demon. I'm Father Travis Crotty. Always good to be with you. Thanks for tuning in. Father, good to be with you. Likewise. Absolutely. Life's been good, hasn't it? <laughs> you looked at it like yeah. you're about to just jump and launch there. I was excited. I was so excited. So excited. No, I want to tell you, so we just had homecoming, um, and I was asked to give the homecoming coronation speech. You guys have one of those at Healin here? Well, the king and queen usually speak after they're okay, so crowned. This is, this is the style that can't, what happens again. There's pep rally mm-hmm. that ends in the coronation that immediately precedes the the parade. Right. This is my first parade year because we didn't have one during COVID. My first year, yeah. Right. So we just had the coronation last year, so I experienced that. And the teacher that I followed in this homecoming speech, she she gave a speech wearing this very ugly like like ball gown that she found it like. Because, you know, everybody else is wearing these dresses. Okay. So she was talking all about school spirit. Please she, tell me you didn't wear a ball gown. No. Then she, okay. like, it, like, ripped it off, had a cheerleader uniform underneath, and and performed a cheer. Oh. The whole, so it was, it was exciting. Very, very exciting. Tough to follow. It was kind of like a flash mob. I know, right? So How many speeches are involved, by the way? It was just one speech. Oh, but she, she was, she was just like a, she was like a pep talker. Yeah, she so wasn't a, a giving it a formal address. Well, that's a formal address, but there's some humor involved. So Got it's it. like a yeah, humorous kind of formal address, followed by something exciting. So the reveal. I had a lot. Okay. Well, about a month or two ago, before homecoming, we realized that our mascot is called the Jaybird. All right, we're the Galen Jays. Jays originally stood for Saint Joseph and Saint James, the Catholic churches in town. Uh huh. Eventually became J A Y S Jaybirds. That's our mascot. But our mascot when somebody dresses up as it as the Jaybird has never had a name. Oh. Herky the Hawk, Cy the Cyclone. I learned UNIs for the first time, so if we have any UNI alum out there, T C T K. Do you know what their names are? T C and T K. What do those stand for? Do you know? Um The Cat and the Kitten. That's UNIs. The Panthers. Okay. okay. And Thank then you for that yeah, right? random bit of info. Well I I just learned it. Okay. So we had all of our students offer names so we have this huge spreadsheet and then we had a committee that kind of brought them together and then the whole student body voted on k-12 through voted okay on what our new mascot would be um the best was i think like the sophomore class they thought that if they all put the same name it would like somehow the algorithm would like let them win they didn't realize we're just going to see them all so every single sophomore i think put Ernest as their name so that, that didn't win um but the new the name of our mascot at galen is jb the jaybird so J-A-Y-B, um, not to be confused with Justin Bieber, but his nickname is now J-B. Thoughts? And you had the reveal of this. You got, had, to reveal got to reveal it during the assembly? I got to reveal it. Wow, so that's a big my, honor. At the end of my speech, I said, hit it, Rain, to the girl who had the who was with the music, and then the Jaybird walks down with a t-shirt on the back with a new name. Okay. Pretty sweet. J-B, the J-B, Jaybird. J-B, the Jaybird. So. Okay, Congratulations. Yeah. The identity has been found. Really? It, it really has. The lost yeah. has been found. Very, very exciting stuff. So I did not have to wear a dress or perform a cheer. Because or I or just, rip off any clothing. Praise God. So yes. I just pushed it off on JB, the Jaybird. Um, is the student's uh, identity in the Jaybird costume, is JB's identity actually known? 
Oh, like which student? Yeah, it is. Which student? A- absolutely not. Top it's a secret. very secretive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They asked me, and I, I will tell this to any Lamar's people listening. I was asked once to put it on, and I refused because said, it's so sacred for that. I'm person. already <laughs> enough of a mascot the way it is at the at the high school. <laughs> I am hype I man don't incarnate. Need to wear a mascot. I don't need it. I am hype man. I don't need a costume. That's right. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Well, congratulations for that wonderful opportunity yes, to reveal the new name. Congratulations to JB the Jaybird. I'm glad the name has been found. Very good. Do you know your name? Do you know how to get home? <laughs> I have a name now. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. What is that? Oh, it's from a it's from a comedian okay, sketch. Good. Never I'm, mind. I'm glad. Never I thought mind. You were just saying something weird, so no. I'm glad it's a sketch. <laughs> it's from a sketch. Anyways, I think we should talk about the fact that my life sucks. Oh. Interesting. Nice segue, right? Yeah, very good. Smooth. My life doesn't suck. I love my life. Mm -hmm. But I I use that phrase to describe what I think so many people experience in the spiritual life. Mm. This bitterness that sets in, this resentment that says, my life sucks. (laughs) My life sucks. I know. Starbucks was out of my favorite flavoring today. (laughs) First world problems, right? Um, People, I think, naturally are prone to this mentality and I don't think they realize how deep it goes and I don't think they realize how often it comes up and it comes up in the issue of envy. So that's what I'd like to focus on today. Envy is one of like the seven deadly sins, the one, one of the seven capital sins, but also an envy that kind of even touches the sentiments of the interior life. Um, so how's that sound? Can we focus on envy today? Sounds good. I think sometimes people are confused what envy even is, you know, exactly. Like they see it on a list and they're like, I don't, I don't think I have that. I don't want other people's trucks or something like that. Right. And so this often comes up in the confessional. We hear people say, well, I'm jealous of this. I'm jealous of that. I'm jealous of this. I don't think people really understand what jealousy is. So I think it'd be good to get those two terms straight. Yeah, please. All right. So in the classical understanding, envy is, oh my gosh, how does she have those shoes? I want those shoes. How does she do her hair like that? If only I could have a hairstyle like that. How does he have that truck? I want that truck. How does he have muscles that big? If I go to the gym and get ripped like that, maybe I'll be that big. I totally want a body frame like that. It's this covetedness towards other people's possessions, opportunities, honors, lifestyles, lifestyles, personality traits, um, bodily features and characteristics. You can go on and on and on and on and on. Social it's, status, stuff like that. Right. It's this, how do I get you know another thousand followers on my Twitter account just like this person? Mm-hmm. It's this craving for the exterior things that other people seem to have acquired for themselves. That's envy. Hmm. Often confused with jealousy. Jealousy is craving those things for oneself uh, in a very possessive way when threatened by others. Hmm. So the example I give is this. Um, you know, you're a sophomore in the high school band and you're a good trumpet player and all of the seniors are graduating. All the seniors are graduating. There's no juniors playing trumpet and band. It's just right. seniors and sophomores and freshmen. And you're thinking, well, I'm the best trumpet player after these seniors graduate. Trumpet so players are the best members of the band anyways. Thank so. you, Father. So <laughs> so I'm going to um, I'm going to have all the lead solos in marching band and jazz band and concert band because I'm going to be you know, the top dog trumpet player when these seniors graduate. And then over the summer, you get word that there is a transfer student coming in who's going to be a a junior who's a trumpet player. Break that guy's legs. That's exactly what jealousy is. You feel all of a sudden threatened by this person because the status or the possessions or Mm -hmm. whatever that you've acquired for yourself 
now have to be held onto in a coveted and possessive way that you are now threatened by this person, which in the course of this example, you haven't even met this person. Maybe this person is a terrible trumpet player, but the fact that you know that there is a threat on the horizon, that's when jealousy uh, sleeps in. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Now, do you think, I'm just wondering here, and maybe you'll get to this, which one is playing more off of our own insecurities, do you think? I guess you can be threatened in your insecurities, but it seems like the jealousy thing you just mentioned there is more like the defenses come up. Right. Like you're defending kind of like your yourself and your state and your place. Yeah, I just, the the, the insecurities people carry around and live out of. I think it could be both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it could be both. If you're, if you're naturally just kind of going into defensive mode and everyone's a threat to you, or if you're constantly craving everything else that everybody has around you, and then you just think, well, my life sucks. Yeah. I think one's insecurities could come up in both ways. Mm. So we have to be really on guard about this. And it comes up often. I don't think people realize it. Um, so, you know, when envy pops up and you just kind of covet everything that everybody else seems to have acquired around you, and then you think your life sucks, what's, what's the result of this? Well, first of all, the result is that you've clearly got a disordered attachment to like the things of this world. Yeah. Material things, you know, fancy cars, nice homes, job promotions. Just like even like the how how good our bodies look. Yeah. Um, or what what social group do we run in? Yeah. Like, ooh, how do I get in the in crowd? I mean, that even happens for adults. Yep. You know? Um, so we, we get kind of this disordered attachment to the things that appear to be so fulfilling, that appear to make one so happy. You know, um, and and then the result of that, when you still when you slip into this mentality of my life sucks, the result of that is a sadness that just grips the heart, mm. and and that's really the spiritual danger there. Mm. Um, you just become sad about the condition of your life, you know, your own possessions, your opportunities. These things all of a sudden become worthless mm-hmm. because they don't measure up to this false comparison that you were setting yourself up for when thinking about everybody else. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, and this sadness goes deep, and I don't think enough people talk about it. I don't think they re- recognize it. Yeah. And if they do recognize it, I don't think they acknowledge it, you know? Yeah, I was just I was just preaching about kind of this idea that sadness, um, I don't know where Augustine said this, because our rector at the seminary would often quote it, but that incurvatus in se curved in on oneself. Do you, mm-hmm. know, you know where that came from Absol- in his writings? No, but I'm I know sure what you're talking about. It. Yeah. I think, and then contemporary psychology would probably talk about navel gazing more often mm-hmm. but it's funny because we think we're so focused on other stuff but we're actually just we're so curved in on what i don't have and then that sadness we just get we just live in that sadness right and instead of this openness toward um who who am i what do i have what's being given to me right even an openness to to god um we had a video that we made a few years back at, at Kenrick, my seminary, for vocation promotion. Mm-hmm. And Father Paul Hazing, he talks about that. He says fears and anxieties about the future, right? And that might be envy and jealousy might be tied up in that too, especially about with vocational discernment. I can't do that. I don't have enough. I need this to do that. I need this to make myself happy. He's like all of that is just a, curvy, a turning in on self. Right. But he said to open up into the open of what are you doing in me, Jesus, what are you giving me? What have you given me? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do I have in, in a relationship with you? Right. That's so life-giving and so freeing from being constantly turned in on that sadness. Right. Yeah. Th- that, thank you. That's, that's a helpful point. That, that interior turning in, that Augustinian phrase that you use, uh, Father Tangare in his famous you know, spiritual life treatise, 
he would call that a contraction of the heart. Mm. You know, think of contraction as like all the muscles suddenly shrivel up. Mm. You know, think of, and this is what happens when you get that sad. The heart literally starts to shrivel up on itself and it starts to kind of just wallow in its own sadness as opposed to extend it outward in love towards others, love of God, love of neighbor, uh, and just kind of taking in the grandeur and the splendor and the beauty of one's own life. You know, so, you know, for our listeners, you can check yourself on that to do a little examination of conscience tonight before you go to bed and say, where is my heart shriveling up? You know, we almost lost the beverages. We almost lost the beverages. I almost got drenched there. (laughs) Anyways, where is the heart turning in on itself? Where is it contracting? And when it contracts, how does this navel gazing kind of become so fixated on myself? That's not how God intended us to live. It's certainly not a life of holiness. And it becomes a, a deep, deep-seated life of sadness. Yeah, I don't know about you, Father Shane, but I've realized even in myself recently, and especially in like my contemporaries, I don't even know if we can pay attention to how sad we are sometimes. Mm-hmm. Because we just distract. We're so good at distracting ourselves. We're like champions of distraction in our culture right now. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of easy sometimes to to distract yourself to the point of staying just right above that sadness and never letting yourself really like acknowledge how sad you are mm-hmm. and how we're living out of that space. Um, but like really trying to, I've made this, this effort recently of trying to turn away from the distractions of social media and stuff. And, and you realize sometimes, Oh, <laughs> I'm kind of sad. Right. Uh, and it, it demands response. Like it's right. either like, well, <clears throat> I better eat a Snickers bar to feel better. Um, or, or I need to like turn to God in some way right now. Right. You know? Yeah. I think, if for, for anyone listening out there who's on social media a lot, ask yourself, do a little examination. When I get done scrolling through this feed, do I feel more sad? Do I feel super good? Yeah. yeah and you don't. Right. You don't. I mean, because no, no one out there is posting like their crappy day photos. You know, no woman out there is posting her bad hair day photos on social media and say, this is what life sometimes looks like. Everyone's always posting their glamorous photos and when they're at their best. Oh, this is me. I'm at this great vacation destination. Look at me. So even, blessed. Even, this is really funny. This is like a high school kid who had a certain hairstyle. The, the style today is it's like still kind of short on the sides and the back, but just kind of like messy in the front. Right. And he was describing it to me because I'm like, well, what do you what do you call it? He's like, yeah, it's just like messy, just like kind of whatever. You just kind of don't really care. I was like, yeah, but you actually do care a lot about it. I was like, <laughs> and you, you care a-, a lot that it looks like you don't care a lot. Right. So even sometimes that's like a reality on social media too where – even if you are on the, you know, you're kind of like real Instagram or like your, your friends, you know, on your snap story, like they see your real stuff. You're still really conscious about how it's presented. Absolutely. Even if it's your kind of like raw stuff, it's Absolutely. still kind of, I've put a lot of intentionality to make it look raw right, and messy. Yeah. It, uh, I heard at a Steubenville conference a couple of years ago, Sarah Swafford, maybe she said this at Seek, I don't remember, but Sarah Swafford said she just had to stop following Joanna Gaines and her um, kind of her decorating techniques on social media because she said it was doing something to me. Every time I saw a new good idea from Joanna Gaines, I wanted to run out and redecorate another room of the house, which then can create envy and sadness. You know, never going to have enough, never going to have enough. There's never kind of a sense of peace. Like I got to have more. I got to have more. I got to catch up with the Joneses. Yeah. And that's the sadness that I think is a good indication that envy has slipped in. And then one final thing that kind of comes as a result of this sadness when envy is present is that other people then can become rivals. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like communion is broken down. The neighbor down the street, the Joneses who have the new jet ski and I don't, 
or someone's putting on a new ex, you know expansion to their home mm-hmm. or the guy down the hall from me at work just got a new job promotion and I didn't all of a sudden when envy takes over then all of a sudden these people get to be viewed as a rival to be conquered a rival to be taken down and then and if and if hatred even uh, slips in then you could even go so far as to start wishing misfortune or evil upon these people so that somehow they're knocked off their pedestal in your false comparative you know, mindset so that you can somehow catch up if they're just receiving some misfortune. That's a terrible place to be in spiritually. So I think we all have to really guard ourselves about that. Is someone a rival? No. They're all beloved sons and daughters of God, each with their own challenges, each with their own blessings, trying to you know, find holiness in their own respective journey. Right. So why would, we, why would we view one another as a rival? All because of a false comparison of these material objects, which may or may not be making their life happy. You know, maybe, maybe someone down the street did get a new job offer. Maybe they got a promotion. And maybe you're envious of that. But maybe their life actually is much more complicated now. Maybe they have a lot more stress. Maybe that's putting stress on their marriage now because they have to put more hours in at work. So all of a sudden, you're chasing after something that maybe is not even fulfilling for them. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I was talking to high school students about this rivalry thing the other day because it's twofold. You always, out of that place of insecurity, you look at the people who have more than you, and there's that judgment, there's that envy, there's that sometimes anger, hatred. But then, to, to, so we don't just shrivel up and die on the spot of like sadness, you'll always have that other piece that's like the pride that's there. Well, at least I'm better than them. Mm-hmm. At least I have this. At least I'm not like them. At least I'm not like this, 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 and this. And that's where some of that kind of class, you can all, you almost feel the like middle class warfare a little bit. It's like, well, at least I don't live in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. At least I don't have a rusty truck. You know, mm-hmm. at least I have this standard of whatever. That's so gross too, because right. then it's this constant comparison up or down um, in rivalry both ways. Um, but then so often, especially here in the Midwest, we just put a nice smiling face on and then wave to people as we drive by as we're sad ourselves because of somebody else or we're, you know, judging somebody else or living out of that place. Absolutely. So maybe as a few points for recommendations on how to step out of envy or some remedies for it, you know, obviously it just goes without saying stepping into gratitude for our own blessings, right? Yeah. You know, rather than getting all your energy focused on the blessings of other people, why don't you actually step back and just count the blessings that you have, whether it's family members, friends, health, job opportunities, a few bucks in the bank, um, travel opportunities, the country you live in, the community you live in, the parish that you have. Your health. Your health. You said that enough. I don't know if I did, but your health. I mean, just everything. Because um, that, that immediately, in that moment, even when you just start to think about being grateful, that immediately turns you off of being curved in on that sadness in yourself. Absolutely. And turns you out toward the open of what God is doing in your life. Right. And, and not letting yourself turn in inwardly keeps you from those false comparisons it's false comparisons just based on you know material things mm-hmm. and we and we know as faithful christians material things don't ultimately satisfy and yet we go we get so fixated on these comparisons right um another thing that's really necessary as a remedy for envy is deeply genuinely authentically rejoicing in the fortunes of others yeah 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 you know that's to be in a sense of communion with others, to say we are one body of Christ, we are one family under God. Well, when one person is blessed, we are all blessed. Right. You know, 
And I'm not going to sit here and just try and tear down that person or judge that person or be envious of that person, but I can truly delight in their fortunes. I can, I can share in that, even from a distance, even if we don't talk about it, that knowing my heart is somehow elevated because they are blessed right now yeah. and goodness is flowing into their lives. If we can't, if we can't delight in the, in the fortunes of others, then we must be pretty sad and lonely people ourselves who are probably acting in a very condescending way towards everybody, which is you know, spiritually very, very poisonous, right? Um, but I would say, you know, one other thing that's necessary to state here is um, there can be a good uh, virtue that's practiced in emulation, hmm. right? Not chasing after the material things of others, but if you, if you notice that someone is, is really walking with the presence of God, if they're radiating a, a sense of holiness, if the fruits of the Holy Spirit are manifest in their lives, if they just exercise lots of good virtue, wanting to emulate that, that's not a bad comparison. That's actually just being inspired by the presence of God where it's flowing. Yeah, right? like the saints. Exactly. So wanting to emulate holiness, that's not a bad comparison, Right. It's, it's the comparison that leaves us with the, the bitterness or the sadness in our mouths, particularly when it's just rooted on earthly things and not heavenly things. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose it's even possible to get a little envious of people who might be in heaven. Um, not, that couldn't happen when we're in heaven, but even now in this lifetime, you wouldn't want envy to pop up about that. But to just truly try and emulate virtue and holiness where it's seen um, and use that person as a role model to say, I want to walk with you as we journey together towards God, that'd be a very helpful way to fight against the uh, the sin of envy. So some good talking points. Well too. said, yeah. Good uh, opportunity to keep examining how we're living. Yeah, and to remember that your life does not suck. <laughs> God has blessed you in countless ways. to suck. Yeah, God has blessed you in countless ways. Let's not let envy take hold of us and just kind of live, leave us with that bitterness and that sadness but always raise us up to him. Father Travis, thanks so much. Good to be with you. See you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time and God bless.